Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Frymouth. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I suppose I should have said this is the podcast to get you out your door and in the sky, as today we are talking about flying, specifically fear of flying. So flying is not something that most people are doing right now, hopefully, unless it's you know necessary and you take all the appropriate COVID precautions, but most people and most planes and pilots and everyone involved have been grounded for the past year, except for a few situations in Taiwan. And I think other countries may have done this as well, um, but in Taiwan last summer, so we'd already been under you know COVID protocols and quarantines and everything since um, January or February here in Taiwan. And they decided to put on a little publicity stunt demonstra- demonstration sort of thing uh, where they offered four flights initially, although there were more added later, I think, that were slightly different, but a few flights that did not go anywhere. Um, it was a lottery and over 7,000 people entered for a chance to win the opportunity to pack a bag, people brought luggage, go to the airport, check in for your flight, go through security, which because this, you know, it's an airport, you're going through security, they can't fudge that, Uh, go through actual security, go through immigration and passport control, board the plane, and go nowhere. The plane never moved. (laughs) I think maybe they got a meal on the plane, but even then, if you're eating airplane food, that's not a huge draw either. Um, I don't mean to like make fun of the people that participated in this. Um, Taiwan certainly loves a photo shoot opportunity. People will line up to take pictures with or, you know, experience the sort of like kitschy things. Um, It's just really popular here. So it's no surprise that this was hugely popular. But to me, it's experiencing all the worst parts of travel with none of the benefits of actually going somewhere. I mean, why would you want to go through check-in and and um, security and immigration and, you know, getting on the plane, like that's not a fun experience. Um, And then to actually not go anywhere. So that was really funny to me that they did that. There were a couple of flights later on, I think a few months later, that did actually take off and they were scenic flights that circled the island. So if you do enjoy flying, that would have been a cool experience because I think they got some really cool views of Taiwan and some of the... um, outlying islands around Taiwan. So again, they did make it a little bit more interesting later on, but the first few of those publicity stunts were just to sit on an airplane on the tarmac and not go anywhere. But there were a lot of photo opportunities, I'm sure. Um, This person from the the Songshan Airport, which is the airport that did that in Taiwan, not the main international airport, Uh, said, in addition to letting the participants go through security screening, identification inspection, and other immigration clearance procedures, they actually boarded the plane to experience the fun of boarding. (laughs) That's just hilarious to me. The boarding is not fun. Um, Anyway, so a few lucky people, in addition to those who are still traveling because they need to, a few lucky people in Taiwan did get to experience a flight in the past year or so. 
And I'm curious to know if any of you guys listening have traveled during COVID times, what has that been like? I know a few people who have. um, And of course, you know, things have varied throughout the pandemic, depending on how safe and strict you've had to be. But um, I haven't flown anywhere. So very curious to know what that experience was like, Um, especially differences between the U.S. and maybe flying internationally or in other countries. Um, I know usually I give the shout out with questions at the end of the podcast, but I am upfront very curious about that. So let me know. Uh, what I want to talk to you about today is specifically fear of flying, because I think it's super common, and yet people are always surprised when I say that I am terrified of flights. And I mean, I guess it makes sense because I do, or in normal times, I do fly a lot. Um, So people are surprised that it's something that I'm so scared of, but it is true. And of course, people's fears come in all, you know, shapes and sizes and severities and everything. Um, So for me, I, you know, I identify as being scared of flying, uh, very scared, but I still do it. But I know for some people, it can actually be really crippling and prevent them from traveling at all. So that's sort of what I want to address with this, that... There are techniques and there are ways of coping and there are lots of different um, just ways to get you through that fear. And it doesn't have to be something that prevents you from going to all the places that you want to see and you want to visit or moving abroad or something like that. And this isn't to say that flying is the only means of transportation. Um, Personally, I'm very fond of train travel. And once I took a... I think it was a 72-hour trip across the U.S. rather than take a five-hour flight. Um, And mid-trip, as I was scrunched up at like 2 a.m. trying to sleep in a train seat, um, I may have regretted that decision. (laughs) But overall, when I was planning the trip, I was moving from um, the East Coast to Colorado And I had a bunch of suitcases with me. Um, And just the thought of doing that trip on a plane versus doing it on a train, the train one caused me much less anxiety. Um, So I was like, hey, we're just going to go on a train. And I did that. So, of course, there's lots of other options. But sometimes um, that's not possible, obviously, if you're traveling (laughs) over the ocean or something like that. Um, Or if you just want to get there a lot faster. Flying is a huge part of traveling. And... Um, If you're avoiding traveling because you're scared of flying, my heart absolutely goes out to you and I want to help um, in in whatever way I can just from my own experience and my own research um, offer any advice or suggestions or ideas or things like that uh, because this is such a universal fear or at least, you know, dislike to some degree. Um, So if we can collectively share our ideas and help each other out with that and reduce the sort of collective fear around flying, then everyone can travel more. And that is absolutely a good thing. So we're going to jump in just to my experience um, with fear of flying a little bit. I want to give you a little rundown on how that came about. Um, And I can actually pinpoint when it specifically happened I remember as a child and when I first and when I did my first couple trips to Austria and traveling around in Europe, it didn't bother me so much. Um, But when I was coming back from Ireland to the U.S., 
on one of my flights, we had really, really bad turbulence. And there was one of those experiences where you just feel the plane drop and it feels like it must be you know, thousands of feet. In reality, it's not at all. <laughs> um, but it just feels like you're falling out of the sky. And many people in the cabin screamed. And, you know, it was just one of those experiences. And I landed with a, well, I was going to say debilitating. It's not debilitating because I still do it, but a horrible fear of flying. And I remember I needed to take one more connecting flight to get home. And I was just in the airport shaking so so scared to get on that next flight um so that has been my reality and my experience for the past um eight years probably of all the traveling that I've done and I want to talk to you about some ways to overcome it because there are tons of different recommendations out there people have their own um personal preferences you know I've talked to lots of my friends because I've never met someone who likes flying. I think at the very most, people are ambivalent to it. Maybe they're not scared of it, but no one, I don't know anyone who enjoys it. I'm sure there are people out there who do, um, but I don't know any of them. So my friends and I will often swap um, suggestions or sort of home remedies or things you can do to, to make it through a flight. So I want to share some of those that have worked for my friends or have worked for me or a lot of the experts recommend. So for me personally, it's just sort of a power through approach. (laughs) I just personally like I don't like medicating for things like that or whatever. Um, I when the turbulence hits and maybe that's it, you know, I should say maybe I have a fear of turbulence and not a fear of flying. Because as long as it's a smooth flight and I have a meal, if it's not an American-based airline, you'll get a nice meal, Um, and it's a smooth flight and I have like a movie or podcasts, I'm okay. It's sort of a state of like equilibrium, you know, I'm not happy, but I'm okay. But as soon as any sort of shaking starts, it's just grip the armrests and white knuckle it through. And I don't know if that's necessarily the best approach, uh, but that's what I do. And I think more recently I've sort of developed internal techniques that help. Um, It's not just gripping the armrests until it stops, although that does still happen, of course. I still do that. Um, I never intentionally set out to, you know, meditate or create mantras or anything like that. But I think mantras did kind of develop for me. And the one I've been using most recently, the past couple years when I've been traveling, is trust the pilot. Because I think that's important to remember, um, is that there is someone in charge of that airplane, even though it can feel like there's not when you're sitting back in the cabin and you never see them. Um, But they are professionals and you know, ideally, they do know what they're doing. Um, and, and you know, they're experienced. They know what's going on. So to me, that's the only thing you can do is put your trust in the professional in that situation. So turbulence hits. I My arms jump to the armrests. And in my head, I just start repeating. Again, this is instinctual. Like, I don't, I don't plan to do this. I didn't think this out. But just in my head, it starts repeating, trust the pilot, trust the pilot, trust the pilot. Um, and another thing that I've tried to work on more recently is just acceptance. Because 
what's so scary, and I've read a little bit about the psychology behind this or talked to other people, I think what freaks us out most about flying is the lack of control. You know, driving in a car is so much more risky, but, well, I mean, maybe you're not driving, but <laughs> but you have control of the car and, you know, being in the plane and just feeling these effects and not even being able to see the person or people that are in charge and are in control um, is is very frightening to us. So just sort of accepting that like there is nothing I can do in this situation and my heart rate skyrocketing through the roof is not going to help. So intentionally trying to relax and just realize that no matter what you do, it's not going to change the outcome. So you might as well just relax. (laughs) Um, That's never, I mean, that's never entirely shaken me out of it, but I think it does bring down the adrenaline a little bit sometimes, depending on the situation for me. And so just imagining, you know, like I said, trust the pilot. I like to imagine that every plane I'm on is piloted by Captain Sully. Uh, That really helps with my trust in the pilots. So I do have those little things, the the little mantra, um, just trying to accept it. But like I said, for me, it's basically just powering through and hoping that it will it will be over, <laughs> or we'll be through. I don't want to say it'll be over. Uh, we'll be through the turbulence soon. Um, another option that you know a few of my friends use is medicating. You could try to get a prescription for. Um, like anti-anxiety pills or sleeping pills, like maybe you can just sleep through it. That would be awesome. Um, Again, like that's not my personal cup of tea, but I know people who do it. Um, I grew up, I was a child of Rescue Remedy. I don't know if anyone else out there knows it, but it's a homeopathic liquid, or I think you can get uh, chews for it as well now. But what I'm used to is the little eyedropper of Rescue Remedy that you can buy at any like nature's mart or food co-op or or something like that. Um, So I've definitely used that before. Again, it's not super powerful, but um, even if it's just placebo effect, it definitely can calm my racing heart sometimes. So, you know, if if prescriptions are your thing or if taking pills to get through it is your thing, um, that can work for some people. Another thing uh, along the line of doctors is getting therapy for it, you know, talking to a professional, maybe they can teach you some techniques. I know CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, is becoming more and more widely used and can be helpful in situations like this. Um, Really practicing meditation, um, if you can, you know, control your mind in that situation, that can be very helpful. So not just trying in the moment like I do to calm down, (laughs) but really practicing those tools ahead of time so that you have them uh, ready for when you need it on the flight. Um, I think that can be a really great option. Again, along the lines of meditation, just like breathing techniques. Um, I think I do, again, this is all kind of subconscious or unintentional because I don't plan out. Maybe I should make a plan for what to do when turbulence hits. Maybe that would help me if I had some specific go-tos instead of just uh, trying to calm myself down with all these random things. But um, breathing techniques, slowing your breathing, breathing to a specific rhythm or pattern or something like that, there are lots of those that you can find online. And another one, I really like this suggestion, although I've never actually done it, is talk to the flight attendants. 
Everything that I've read and that I've heard from flight attendants says they want to know if someone on board is experiencing anxiety. Um, if you're nervous about flying, like let them know when you're boarding or, you know, at the beginning of the flight so they can just sort of keep an eye out for you, make sure that you're not in any sort of like crisis um, and, you know, reassure you if things are getting a little bumpy. And like I said, I've personally never done this just because I always felt a little bit weird about summoning the flight attendant over just to say like, hey, I'm really scared. Um, Can you help me? But I do think it's a good idea because I always instinctively want them to know. I want them to know that I'm really worried. I want them to come over and be like, hey, I've been on this route so many times. Like, it's always a little bumpy here. This is nothing. Um, Don't worry about it. It's going to be over in 10 minutes. Like, that would be great. But I can't expect them to just magically know that I'm panicking. So So giving them a heads up, um, I would highly recommend that. Even though I've never done it, I should really start doing it. I do always look to the flight attendants for my, like, my cues or my emotional cues or something because I figure that if they're still like casually out and about serving drinks, it's not that bad. Um, But that means that on the flip side, if they do sit down, I really start to panic because I assume that, you know, something's really bad if they're if they're sitting down or I've been in situations where the captain will come on and ask the flight attendants to sit down and buckle up and you're like, Oh boy, this is about to get bad. That's that's really not a fun message to overhear. So in addition to, you know, the different ways to calm yourself down, whether it's medically or um, you know, breathing and meditation and all of that, another thing that is highly recommended is education. You know, informing yourself about aerodynamics or flying or airplanes or safety features or all of that can really help you feel more confident about what is happening in that moment and not just panicking and thinking that the airplane's about to fall out of the sky because that's always what I feel and I do know that that is not how aerodynamics works and that is not how airplanes are built and I have a friend who's an aerospace engineer and I remember mentioning to him once that like that was my fear every time there was turbulence and he just looked at me like I was so stupid and was like you know that's not how any of this works right And that was actually reassuring, you know, to have someone think I was an absolute fool for even worrying about that um, was really reassuring for me. But for me personally, there is a flip side of education. Um, One of these lists that I found online said, inform yourself about, you know, airplanes, study your plane crash history. And I was like, oh my God, no, I do not want to study plane crash history even if the intention is to show me how rare it is, that that's a nightmare. No, I don't want to know about all the the times that airplanes have crashed, even if that is a very small number. Um, so to me, there has always been that flip side to education. Like the more I learn about what a common low-risk thing turbulence is, they always have to say like, But there is a small, you know, barring the small percentage of times when it is a serious issue. And I'm like, but then there's some times that it is a serious issue. And my brain can only latch on to that infinitesimally small percentage. Um, So, you know, think about that if you're going to read more about uh, how rare it is that 
turbulence can cause a problem, you will read about sometimes that it does cause a problem. Um, But statistically, it is a very, very, very small likelihood that turbulence could do anything to affect the plane or the passengers or anything like that. So I will say those stats of rarity are not helpful for me, Um, but you can also learn about the safety features of the airplane. Um, I don't think that's something that would particularly appeal to me. I don't think it would reassure me, but I don't think it would freak me out anymore. It just is sort of neutral for me. But for some people, that could be really helpful, learning about all of the myriad of ways that airplanes are built to withstand this and all of the backup systems that they have. Um, And maybe, you know, like all of the training that the pilots go through, that could be a really beneficial thing. And I did read one anecdote one time that I really enjoyed about how, you know, when turbulence hits a plane, I shouldn't say hits a plane, when an airplane goes through some turbulent air, um, you know, a lot of the the passengers will, like like I do, grab the armrests and freak out and we're all panicking, whereas in the cockpit, the pilots are probably like, oh no, my orange juice spilled a little. Can you pass me that napkin? Okay, here you go. Like, it's really not an issue the vast, vast, vast majority of the time. Um, another thing, though, that you can learn about that was really helpful for me is what is the normal procedure for an aircraft or for a flight? So, in addition to the actual turbulence, things that freak me out are anything that I perceive to be out of the ordinary for a flight, which is hilarious because I have absolutely no idea other than, you know, from my own experience flying, like what a flight is supposed to consist of or or an airplane or anything like that. So anytime there's like an unusual noise or I can feel the engine like rev or like go into a higher gear or feel it scale back, like that's always alarming when you know, the engine has been really pushing for takeoff. And I have no idea what I'm talking about here in terms of engines. I don't even know if I'm using the right word. But, you know, you can feel you can feel the plane really doing its thing for takeoff. And then once you reach cruising, you can feel the engines like scale back or drop to a different gear or whatever the process is. But that feels really, if you're me, that feels really alarming because it feels like you don't have the thrust anymore to keep flying and you're about to fall out of the sky again. Um, So just learning that that is a normal process that happens in every single flight was really helpful for me. And a lot of those like feelings or noises or, you know, the fact that you can feel the wheels pull up or the wheels, you know, come down for landing um, and that'll feel like a little bump or a little click underneath you, like that's really helpful as well. No, it's not a critical part of the airplane falling off. Um, So that is an aspect of education or learning about planes and flying that has been helpful for me in reducing my anxiety. Um, Another thing that really helped me was learning about the routes that airplanes take or like the approaches or the descents. Um, Because again, like I said, anything that I perceive to be out of the ordinary (laughs) freaks me out. But again, I have no idea what is ordinary. So I've had a few times where the airplane seems to be taking like a really, really long and slow um, takeoff 
what is the word for that? The opposite of ascent, the opposite of descent. Um, You know, it's like we take off and then instead of going to cruising, it's just sort of leisurely flying over the city and banking this way and then turning back the other way. And I'm like, if we were just going to turn back left, why did we turn right in the first place? And what's going on? And why aren't why aren't we going higher and, and all this stuff? And and I read a book about this that I'm going to talk about later, um, written by a pilot. Turns out there's a lot of rules and regulations about how airplanes can uh, fly into or fly out of various cities, and each city has its own plan based on the zoning and you know what altitude they're allowed to fly where. So you might have to take a really meandering path to get out of a city before you can get up to cruising altitude and really get on your way. Um Yeah, so just learning about those things was like, oh, okay, there is a rhyme and reason to this. It's not because, you know, our pilot's gone crazy or something like that. So the book that I mentioned is by Patrick Smith, and it's called Cockpit Confidential. And it was really interesting just in terms of, like, information. It was fascinating um, covering all aspects of of flying, basically. Um, And it was really written to reassure (laughs) nervous flyers like myself. It was just sort of... I think designed to answer all the questions that people might have about flying because we're really, like I said, the you know the cockpit is sealed off from everyone else. We really have no idea what's going on or all the advanced planning that goes into the routes for the weather and and all of that. Um, so again, that was called Cockpit Confidential by Patrick Smith, but he also has a website called AskThePilot.com, and there is a really great section on turbulence there. Again, like I said, it might be a pro or a con to learn more about turbulence and how rare it is, except that it does still happen, you know, is still dangerous in really, really small percentages. I don't keep harping on that to freak you out, only to make fun of myself for the fact that I can't rationalize the statistics in my head. Um, But the article on turbulence on that site, askthepilot.com, is really interesting and really helpful for, you know, practical reassuring information. So thanks for bearing with me as we poked and prodded and got into all the gory details of fear of flying. I... I mean, I'm not ashamed of it. I think it's something that's super common. I think there's probably psychologically reasons for it, you know, inherent reasons that people don't like to be, as they say, in a tin can hurtling through the air. I think that's totally logical, even though all the evidence points in the other direction that flying is incredibly safe, so much safer than driving in a car. Um, But I still think it's, you know, like I said, it's really common. So I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And hopefully when we're all sharing our our stories and our tips and tricks and all of that, we can generally reduce the collective level of anxiety around flights. And, you know, for me, like I said, I I power through because the benefits far outweigh that you know, three-hour, five-hour, 12-hour, 15-hour <laughs> experience of flying. And we're going to devote an entire episode to long-haul flights. I really want to get into that because, you know, a 12-hour flight, a 15-hour flight, that is an entirely different experience. Um, so we're going to talk about that and the best way to make it through those with your sanity intact. But that's another episode. Um, yeah, so... Like I was saying, the benefits far outweigh those few hours of anxiety. 
um, not only for traveling or for moving abroad, like I've done so many times, but for me, flying is really tied to visiting home and seeing family, uh, making trips home for Christmas and all of that. So despite my level of fear (laughs) getting on an airplane, um, I would give absolutely anything right now to be on a flight home, you know, safe from, from COVID. Um, yeah, I, I would absolutely love that despite everything that I've been saying for the past 20, 30 minutes. Um, so here's to hoping that very soon we can all safely go wherever we want to go, whether it's a vacation that you've been putting off for the past year or, you know, seeing family that you haven't been able to see in a really long time because of COVID. In the meantime, though, keep sharing your ideas and your methods for making it through a flight. I would love to hear them. I mean, personally, it could help me out quite a bit or, you know, I'll share them with my friends and we can keep exchanging all of our ideas and, you know, hopefully make everyone a little bit more calm in this world. Um, yeah. So what's what's your experience with flying? Do you love it? Are you afraid of it like me? Is it OK until turbulence hits? Um, I would love to know. And... If you were one of the 7,000 people that got onto one of the fake flights or applied to be on one of the fake flights in Taipei, or if you thought that sounded really, really cool while I was talking about it, I certainly don't mean to yuck your yum. I think it's fantastic that people geek out about things like that. Um, I would love to know why you think it's so cool, what was appealing about that to you if it was, um, or if you're like me and, you know, just couldn't couldn't see the appeal in any way, um, let's commiserate. You can send me all of those stories to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com, on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor, and on Twitter at goingoutyour. And honestly, I cannot wait to read your anecdotes this time. I'm actually really excited about it. So please send those to me. I will talk to you next time and commiserate with you next time here on Going Out Your Door. Mm-hmm.